business success usually comes to those who are too busy to be looking for it. Join RVK for the award-winning RV on Business Show every Tuesday at 12 midday. It's not about thinking out of the box. There is no box. Only on 101.9 High FM. And good afternoon to you. I'm Kathy Kayla. It is not Avi K today. Avi, yeah, he's otherwise disposed. I'm going to be standing in for him. And very interesting, Avi on business coming up today. In order to know where we're going, we need to know where we've been. So I've been in touch with two of the best experts in the fiscal and economic field. The first is Davi Ruit. He's a director and chief economist of Efficient Group. Going to be speaking to him and asking about to know where we're going, we must look at where we've been in order to establish where we are. So that's coming up. And then a little bit later, I'm going to be talking about forecasting the future, a fiscal reality check of 2022. And I'm going to be speaking to Wayne McCurry. He's the portfolio manager at F&B Wealth and Investment. So stay tuned. If you'd like to get in touch with me, this is how you do it. You can send me a telegram on 061-895-1019. Those uh, telegrams, of course, are free, but you've got to have the app. You can also send me an SMS on 34519. Those SMSs are charged at one rand fifty, and it will come straight through to the uh, to the news feed in the studio. So, before wasting any more time, let me welcome Darvi Root. He is the director and chief economist of the Efficient Group. Darvi Root is a nationally renowned economics expert with thirty years' experience in South African monetary affairs. Davi specializes in monetary and fiscal policy and is involved with the management of client asset portfolios. Good afternoon, and thank you so much for your time. How are you? Thank you very much. Good afternoon to, to you as well. And uh, I'm absolutely amazing. This is my first day back at work. So uh, trying to get all things sorted out for what's coming this year. And appearing twice on Chai FM in one day. <laughs> yes, and that was a little bit confusing for me at first. <laughs> That's okay. Welcome to my world as a blonde. Um, Darby, can we just talk about you know, where we've been and how we've got to be in this place where we're at economically in South Africa, pandemic aside. Yeah, okay, let's let's ignore the pandemic for a moment because um I think we we are we were we have been in, in big, big trouble long before we've even heard of a place called Wuhan. Especially in the past twenty years, but you can go back even further, you can go back twenty five years. Uh, the South African economy initially there were a couple of bright uh, prospects for South Africa, but things started going quite badly wrong, and especially the past 10 years, the wheels really came off. So this was really not a good time for us to pass, especially the past 10 years, but it goes back more than that. And uh, we can see why by looking at the, seeing what the, what's coming out in the Zona Commission. It's horrible stuff coming out in the Zona Commission. Um, and let's just call a spade a spade. What happened to South Africa the past 25 years is the ANC happened to South Africa, and we can all see what, uh, what the results are. The results of that is, for example, that we have unemployment levels in South Africa of close to 50%. We have rising levels of, of poverty in South Africa. We have uh, just about all the indices that measure things like confidence and trust and so on, all those things are at rock bottom. So, yeah, it's not a good place. And for the best part of the past 10 years, we've been getting poorer. 
And of course, uh, the year before last year, and sorry for, yeah, we all know about the, the, the lockdown and so on. So 2020 was actually, was a horrible year, another horrible year. But the way that economic performance is calculated is that we usually look at things called uh, gross domestic project, the product or the GDP, and it's a year to year kind of calculation. And because 2020 was such a horrible year, 2021 looked a little bit better. It's not really better. There are some technical reasons and statistical reasons. And for pretty much the same reason, 2022 is likely to look significantly worse than 2021. So there you have it in a kind of a nutshell. And maybe it's something that I should mention, or two things. Or, well, it's, it's interlinked. And that is that the, the state, as we know the state, which comprises of things like, for example, state-owned enterprises, the various departments, and of course the finances thereof, have been, that these institutions have been run into the ground operationally and financially. So the fiscal accounts are, have, have become unsustainable. What that means is that the state is owing too much money. We can't spend more money. And we know what's going on with ESCOM and South African Airways and the like. So that is where we, where we came from. So now we need to fix that if we want to make some progress. But I'm afraid with the government that we have, I'm not so sure that's going to happen. Darby, where does South Africa stand in terms of our fiscal policies? Yeah. Well, if we talk about fiscal policies, maybe I can just, and people quite often confuse these sort of things. There are many different policies available to the state. Now, typically there are two. The one is the South African Reserve Bank, and they have to do with money, and we call that monetary policy. And then the finances of the state is called fiscal policy. And the word fiscal, by the way, comes from, it means basket. It's, an, it's a Latin word that people use to collect taxes in. So it's a basket in which taxes were collected, and that is, it refers to, this, to taxes. And that is what fiscal policy pretty much is about. It's about taxes and how those taxes are being spent. Uh, but it's not only taxes and how the taxes are being spent, it's also about borrowing, because the state is by far the biggest borrower in South Africa, in South Africa and the total outstanding debt of the state has absolutely exploded, especially in the past two years or so. And currently, state debt relative to GDP, excluding the state and enterprises, is in the region of about 70% of GDP, and if we include the state and enterprises, it's in excess of, of 80% of GDP. Now, it's not necessarily the levels of debt, that is, uh, that is concerning. What is more important is the rate at which debt is going up. Uh, so every year the state politicians spend more than what they get in by way of taxes and they borrow the difference. And that difference is referred to as the fiscal deficit. And that's how much they borrow and they're currently borrowing in a region of what, seven, eight percent, uh, are relative to GDP. And with the economic growth, uh, which I expect to be less than two percent, that means that debt relative to GDP will keep on going up. At an unsustainable rate. I'm speaking to guru, financial guru, Davi Root. He's the director and chief economist of Efficient Group. If you've got any questions about South Africa's monetary policy, fiscal policy, you can let me know. 34519 is the SMS line. Those SMSs are charged at 1 Rand 50. Alternatively, you can send me a telegram on 061-895-1019. Coming back, I'm going to be asking Davi about South Africans' economic growth prospects. Stay with us here on 101.9 High FM. This is RV on Business. This is not Avi on business. This is actually Kathy Kayla standing in for Avi K, who uh, is otherwise disposed today, unfortunately. I'm speaking to 
Darby Root. He's the director and chief economist of the Efficient Group. We're talking about South Africa's prospects. We've just looked at where we've come from. Now to look at where we're going. I want to talk about South Africa's economic growth. So you mentioned earlier, Darby, about the 2020 GDP. What was our GDP in 2020? Do you remember offhand? Economic growth in 2020 was a minus 7%, if I remember correctly. And in 2021, it's probably going to be in the region of about 5%. We don't have the final numbers for that. And then for 2022, my expectations is roughly, roughly about 2% or so. So you can clearly see the pattern. Um, a huge minus number, minus 7, followed by a huge 5-plus number. And the, the year thereafter is likely to be significantly lower again. And that's what the economists call the so-called base effect. So there's some uh, uh, statistical noise in those numbers. But remember, so the, the, the economy, I expect the economy to grow at, in less than 2% for this year. And the population in South Africa is growing at the rate of 1.5%. So, so that means that, you know, we need to grow the economy faster than the rate of population growth if we want to make any progress. And economic growth and population growth currently in South Africa is roughly more or less the same. So we actually have to smooth it a little bit over time to get to, to, to cut off all the peaks and troughs, if you like. And then you will see that for the past 10 years, the uh, on average, we have been getting poorer in most of the past 10 years. So we are really not making any progress. And maybe what I can also mention is that I've done a lot of calculations, and one day I can show you the graphs and so on, and I've compared South Africa's income with the rest of the world to sub-Sahara Africa. I've compared South Africa's electricity generation, our life expectancy, all sort of matrix I've calculated compared to other places in the world and the world on average or whatever, the rest of Africa and so on. And just about in all instances, South Africa deteriorated compared to our peers in sub-Sahara Africa or to the rest of the world or the developing world, or however you want to compare it. So we are, so although we are better off today than 25 years ago, uh, places like, for example, the rest of Africa um, are catching up with South Africa. We're still wealthier than the rest of Africa, but much less so than, say, 20 years ago or so. So we are really um, going backwards in most of these sort of indices that I've looked at. Darby, we know that, or we've been told that medically, the pandemic, COVID, magnifies pre-existing conditions. Are we seeing this as a pre-existing condition of South Africa's health? You know, issues, economic, it, social, social, yeah. economic issues that we've never dealt with. All of a sudden, they are magnified. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I think we uh, are you referring to underlying trends more. I yeah. think that is yeah. And issues that yeah. we just never dealt uh, with. Yeah. Yeah, yes, uh, pretty much, but it's not all bad news. I mean, some of it is really actually quite good news. And yes, you're absolutely right. All of a sudden, there was this lockdown for the past two years. Suddenly, you have to stay at home. Suddenly, you have to cope with your with your <laughs> your, your extended family. And suddenly, and all sort of things. And finances, a lot of people lost their jobs. And, and suddenly, you realize that, and exactly what happened to me, I sit in a dark office and I, I want to skylight and I wanted to put in a skylight and I couldn't get a hold of anybody to put in a skylight. And that business was booming, booming all of a sudden. And people putting in jacuzzis, that business was booming. So quite interesting, there's some very interesting trends that, that came out of that. But you're absolutely right. Things like uh, another trend that came out for me is that the health services in South Africa is a complete and total mess. We know that. And we could see that. 
And it's not only the corruption and all that, but I mean, the efficiency of our health services was really, we could all see what happened and how incompetent basically the state is. Uh, it's not only that. Many other things, I think education is a very good example. We had, uh, in 2020, we had twins that were in grade one, and suddenly I had to play the role of a grade one teacher. And I was absolutely amazed to see all this technology that was available and and how how easy it actually was and how enjoyable it was. There were a couple of instances where I wanted to kill them, but uh, overall it was a really it was a really pleasant experience. And I think that that is also something we started working from home. It's nothing new. It happened before, uh, but it, this is a trend that was more pushed, accelerated because of COVID. Uh, and also online learning, um, uh, 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 even medical services. I mean, you can go to a doctor now online. You can go to a doctor. You can use wearable devices to measure your vitals, like oxygen and, and things like that. But unfortunately, for the majority of South Africans, uh, because people are poor, because people don't have the skills, because we don't have the infrastructures, with, like, for example, fiber, to get access uh, to the internet and to get access to these edu- education tools. You need to have access to the to the internet. So those sort of things, those are the negatives. That was also uh, really become quite apparent and quite clear that we were losing out on that sort of thing. And, and you know, that's so important for us in South Africa. And I can talk about this for the whole day, but the, the, the new world, the modern economy, if you look at how the economies are growing, the economies are growing in the tertiary sector. The economies are going in, let's call it in a digitizable part of the economy. Look at Google, look at Microsoft, look at you and I. We are talking on one of these things right now. That is where economic growth is happening. And we don't have that infrastructure. We don't have fast broadband. Why is that? Because the politicians are dragging their feet. Uh, Politicians are dragging their feet to get licenses and all that sort of stuff. So, but, but I'm actually quite excited because, because there are so many wonderful things happening as well. But, and hopefully all these deficits that are becoming so clear now, hopefully our politicians will take note of that and start fixing that. And the most important single one is education. Our education is a total, total mess. Absolutely. I mean, you mentioned, you know, your twins that have gone off to grade one. Hopefully they start in grade yeah. two tomorrow, Wednesday, and uh, wish you all the best. Uh, well, tomorrow is Wednesday, <laughs> but uh, wish you wish them much success for this year. But if anything, this pandemic has shown the disparity between or the difference between children in private education and children in exactly. government education. Uh, Twenty twenty. I think that there was grade ones who went to school one day a week. Now, I mean, exactly. that, that is dramatic for, for a child. I mean, you can, that's not even you, an education. Yeah, You're never going to catch up on that because the single most important year in education, the single most, the biggest leap in knowledge in your whole school career happens in grade one. And even your final year, your PhD in and in chemical engineering, you will not learn as much as you will learn in grade one. Grade one is by, even before grade R even. That is by far the most important part. And I'm, if you compare South Africa's, and that's another um, uh, comparison that I've done. I've compared South Africa's quality of education to our peers and to other countries in the world. Uh, we suck. It's horrible what's going on here. We not, quite often we are the, uh, well, at the bottom, or sometimes we are, uh, so last in comparison. Uh, countries like, for example, Yemen, 
uh, I think we beat Yemen in terms of, of mathematical skills. Only, only Yemen. For the rest, we, all the rest of the world beat us. There are certain studies, it's called the TIM studies and the PIL studies and so on, where you can compare the quality of education. And we need to fix that. We've had many years to fix that. And still politicians don't want to do a proper job. In fact, what we should be doing, we should close all the universities and spend all the money on primary education. That is by far the most important thing. Uh, to do. Uh, look at the quality of our education in the end. You get a, a certificate, a certificate called matric. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's a qualification, but you don't have the skills that is supposed to be going with that specific quality. Darby, we're coming to the end, um, of our, of our talk. Firstly, thank you very, very much for making the time. I just want to speak to you about the budget. The budget yeah. this year. What, next month. Uh, next month. So what, what's your thought about the president's budget? Yeah. Well, I'm, fr- I'm finance, actually, actually, finance actually, minister. Yeah, actually, actually, not too bad, actually, uh, because uh, we are in a, in, still in a quite a strong commodity cycle, which means that prices of platinum and rhodium and all those things that we export are very, very high at the moment. So we are, and we, we are significant producers of that. So we export all these sort of things. And the companies exporting this, they make a lot of money and they pay a lot of taxes to the Minister of Finance and tax revenue in the current financial year. Remember, the current the financial year will only end the end of March and the, the financial year of the state starts on a very appropriate date and that's on the 1st of April. So, so we're still <laughs> in the current financial year. Uh, so I expect, uh, I expect state revenue in the current financial year to be at something like 150 or even 170 billion rand more than the original budgeted estimates. But unfortunately, despite this huge overall state revenue, there's still a huge and a significant fiscal deficit. And, uh, and the, the president did indicate that this temporary COVID grant of 350 rand per month, and there are currently how many 9 million people receiving that, that that will probably be made permanent. Uh, and and the, the problem is with that is that once you start with that, there's no way you're going to go back. So we have today, we have 30, 30 million people receiving an income from the state every month. Every month, an income from the state. That's completely and totally unsustainable. So what I expect in the budget, not necessarily in the budget, because the Minister of Finance was quite clever. He said it will come to an end in April, but he will leave that to cabinet to make that decision about the ground. But he may, I think it's very clear. It will be decided to extend this 350 rand grant, so we will have many more people. And I understand why, because we've got poverty and unemployment in the country, but we can't afford it anymore. So uh, as far as taxes are concerned, there's not much you can do, really. Uh, I don't think you will increase any of the major taxes by much. There will be an increase in a few few levy and a couple of the other ones, but I really doubt whether he's going to make significant changes to the other taxes. We are already totally and completely overtaxed. So the question really is how much... Will the overrun be in, be in revenue? And what new project the politicians can think of to spend our money on? Yeah, our politicians are also, they don't come cheap. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Darby Rudd, yeah. thank you well, very, we, very much. <laughs> thank you so much. My pleasure. Thanks for my the time. My pleasure. And I think we need, I mean, we need a new parliament as well. And that's probably going to cost another billion or two. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I just, I just don't even know what to say. But uh, it's it's just interesting on a, on the a last point is that South Africa is the only country in the world where we give out social grants and people don't have to do anything for that. 
You don't, if you're receiving a child grant, you don't have to prove that your child is receiving an education and a uniform and school books and yeah, food and all of that. That's something that yeah, definitely needs to change. Yeah. For sure. I've got a few ideas, I've got a few ideas about that. It's a so-called means test. Yes, but you're right. Um, we don't, you don't, well, there are some tests, a couple of things that you need to, uh, comply with before you can qualify for the various fronts, but broadly speaking, you're correct. Yeah. And I've got a few ideas. Maybe we can discuss that next time. Well, let's do that. Darby Ruth, thank you very, very much. And, uh, Darby is the director and chief economist of Efficient Group.